that really over each one of our lives. Father, we're here this morning because we recognize that, that we can't do this on our own, uh, that we're not strong enough, um, and that we need you. We need you to give us strength. We need you to give us peace. We need you to give us cleansing and renewal, and we need your guidance as we try to figure out how to live in this world. And so, Father, we pray that you would do that in our lives this morning, not just as we sing songs and not just as we pray prayers, but as we come to your word. Come to your word right now because we want to hear you speak. We want to hear you speak clearly to us, and we know we need to hear your correction, your rebuke, your your guidance, your training in our lives so that we could follow you in a way that brings glory and, and honor to you. So, Father, we pray that you would do that now um, and that all of these different things going on in our minds and, and in our hearts, anything that could possibly distract us from hearing you speak, Father, we pray that you would just calm that in us, push that off to the side so that we could really clearly hear your voice this morning. And so, Father, we pray, speak. We pray that you would open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive what you have to say to us this morning. And all God's people said, amen. So our passage this morning is 2 Corinthians 1, 19 through 22. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can open to that. Otherwise, it will be up on the screen. And so we are still focusing on the Lord's Prayer. We're focusing on this last line of the Lord's Prayer. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, but we're looking at a different passage because it kind of helps us understand this, uh, this part of the prayer from a different angle. So in 2 Corinthians we read this. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it's God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. That's a powerful promise. But, you know, as, as we're kind of wrapping up this series on the Lord's Prayer and um, just talking about prayer in general, I, I, there's a temptation always when we pray to kind of for prayer to kind of become routine. And we just kind of start saying things that we always say, but not really what it even means. We kind of get in these routines. We say things like hedge of protection and traveling. Bless this food to our body. Kind of anything, but we don't really think about what that actually mean when we say that. And uh, I've thought about this because one of the ways we've, Tried to, we've kind of worked on teaching our kids how to pray, is we have our kids pray before and after every meal, right? And so the kids 
kind of have it set in their mind. Like a good prayer before a meal has to be, bless this food to our body. If you bless this food to our body, you've kind of not really prayed over the food. Uh, but what's interesting is there's, there's these times where we'll, we'll eat our meal, we'll do devotion, we'll have a child pray for us, and we'll get done eating, and they'll say, oh, thank you, Lord, just bless this food to our body. And then like, oh, wait, I already prayed that. And then they're like, bless this food in my body. Yeah, that's better. And, you know, and it's kind of funny because like, wait, we... But it's one of those sayings, right? It just You get so used to saying it, it just kind of comes out when you're sitting over food. And, and you're not really even thinking. I Confession time. I've actually had it happen once or twice where I'm sitting down trying to pray and, and my brain is all over the place and, and I'm really distracted. I'm having a hard time focusing. And I'll sit down and the words will come out of my mouth, bless this food to my body. And I'm like, why would I say that? I'm not, this has nothing to do with food, but it's one of those phrases that just kind of gets in you and you say it and you're like, I don't understand that. And so we have these words that we use without thinking about what they mean. And one of those words is amen, right? I think, I think for most people, they think, well, amen just kind of means the end. <laughs> like that's just what we say when we get done with the prayer. Um, it's like, that's all, folks. And that's all it means. And yet, remember, if you remember kind of way back to the very beginning of this whole series on prayer, uh, Jesus rebuked people for praying words that they didn't know they weren't thinking about, right? He said, don't just go babbling on saying words that you don't know what they mean. You're not really thinking about it. You don't really believe what it says. Don't do that. And so, that's kind of a correction for us to remember when we get done with our prayer and we say, Amen. And we don't know what it means. Jesus says we need to know what that means. And not only just know what it means, but when we say it, we have to actually believe it and mean it when we say it. And, you know, on, on like a real basic level, the word Amen just means yes. Right? And so... Like when in, in some churches, right, it doesn't happen much in Reformed churches, but, but in some churches, right, when the pastor's preaching and he says something that someone agrees with, they go, Amen! You know, they're like, yeah, I, I really believe that. That's what you're saying. Um, but but it, the word Amen means more than just yes. It, it's kind of yes with a little bit more oomph. In it. And the Heidelberg Catechism, I think, does a really good job of helping us understand it. It says that word amen means this shall truly answer. And you can see how that has a yes in it, but it means a lot more than that. We're not just agreeing, we just got done praying a whole bunch of things. Glorify your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Provide for and then you're not getting to the end saying, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're saying, that's going to happen. Not only just saying, I want it to happen. You're saying, it's and, and in a lot of ways, when you understand amen in that, in that context, it's really like a verbal affirmation. You're saying at the end of your prayer, you're saying, 
Father, I put my faith in you that you're going to do this. And you're going to do what is good and what's right. And it's one of the reasons, and I think it's really important to say it out loud. Okay, so most people have kind of caught on. I've been here five years now. But, but I like to end our congregational prayers by saying, and all God's people said, and I want you guys to say amen. Right? Or we'll get done with a song. We'll sing a song and I'll have you guys say the words, amen. Because it's important to say it out loud, to kind of have a verbal affirmation of our faith. And so, you know, we sang, how great thou art, right? We were singing that whole song and at the end I wanted us all to say, amen to that. On the one hand, we're saying, yeah, I agree. God, you're great. Your name is but we're also saying it's going to truly and surely be that your name is going to be made great in my life. Your name is going to be made great throughout the entire world, throughout the creation. Um, we get done with our congregational prayer. We lift it up different needs of our friends and our families. And then I want you as a congregation to say, yes, God, let these prayers truly and surely be. We trust you with all of these things. It's, it's a word of faith and confidence. And, uh, Martin Luther says this. I, you know, you got to love everything that comes out of Luther's mouth. He says, know that you must always say amen strongly. <laughs> Never, don't say it weakly. Say it strongly without doubt that God does two things. Certainly hears you and says yes to your prayer. Okay, so, so when we say amen, we're recognizing God hears our prayers and we're saying, and it will surely and truly be. And, and it's important to kind of recognize some of the, the complexity in that because, um, you know, one of, the, one of the big principles I usually say about prayer is um, don't lie to God, <laughs> right? So, so don't ever say something to God that you don't actually mean or believe because he knows that you're lying to him, and it means nothing. There's no point in lying to God. So if you feel something, say it. Um, and if you don't feel something, don't say it. And so we, we recognize that, that we go through certain moments of life where we feel weak, we feel wore out, maybe our faith is, is kind of wavering, and we may get to the end of a prayer and say, I don't know if I can say this will surely and truly be. I don't know if I can say amen with a confident faith right now. And so the question is, what do you do? Do you just lie and say it? <laughs> um, and, and I'll encourage you in two different ways. The first way I want to encourage you, whenever you feel yourself in that kind of moment where you're not sure you can actually say amen in, in true faith, I just want to encourage you to keep wrestling in that moment. Uh, there's a temptation to kind of get to the end of a prayer and be like, I don't know. I don't know if I actually believe that, that this is going to truly and surely be. And say like, well, I guess I just don't have faith today. And, and kind of just walk away. Um, and I, I want to encourage you, don't leave that prayer. Like wrestle. Wrestle. At, at, pray to God. Say, help me. Help me have the faith today to say amen and, and really mean it. Or or wrestle with, like, what is, what's going on inside of you that would have you questioning whether God will hear and, and answer your prayer. And I'd encourage you to wrestle 
until you can actually say it and, and actually mean it. Don't leave the prayer until you can say it and actually mean it. And, but kind of to build on that or to kind of add another dimension to that, we also need to recognize that, that in our prayers, we're, we often are going to have to pray like the Father in the Gospel of Mark where he prayed, I believe, help my unbelief. Right? There, there, we recognize that, that there's a part of us that never has this perfect faith, never has a perfect, absolute, utter confidence in the Lord. It, it's wavering, we're weak, it kind of goes up and down. And so there is a time to get to the end of a prayer and say, Amen, but help firm up my Amen. Like, I believe, but I really need you to help me believe in a stronger firmer way. And that's not lying. That's just faith that's growing and wavering. And even just asking God to strengthen your faith is an act of faith. It's recognizing that you can't do it on your own. But, but the, the point is not to just settle for that kind of weak, wavering faith. You, you, we, we all want to be striving and, and longing for a faith that can unreservedly, without a shadow of a doubt, end a prayer and say, that will surely and truly be, no doubt, amen. Um, and so we're always working toward that, and we're asking God to kind of do that work in us. And, you know, I reference, Martin Luther says up here, part of this kind of certainty and, and faith, this kind of confidence we have when we say amen, is recognizing that, that God actually hears our prayer. We, we need to have that level of confidence. goes back through everything we've talked about, right? This, this message is kind of connects and touches on every single portion of the Lord's Prayer we've talked about. So when we're coming to God and we're praying that His name would be glorified, that His kingdom would come, that His will would be done, we can have absolute, complete confidence that God has heard that prayer and will act on it. When we come to God and we say, Lord, give us today our daily bread, provide for us, or forgive us our debts, or deliver us from evil, we can have zero doubt, no question in our mind that God hears that prayer. And, and you may think, right, we, I, I'm sure you've all been in moments where you, you're praying, Lord, give us today our daily bread. I need a little bit more money to pay this bill. I need a little bit more strength to finish this work day. I need a little more patience with my child so I don't kill them. I, I need something, and I just, I really, really need this. And, it's, uh, and this says, you don't even need that as much as you can have confidence that God's hearing you cry out for that. Um, you may think you really, really need it. You maybe do really, really need it. You have more confidence that God is hearing your prayer. You actually want what He's giving. And you know, Luther says, "Don't ever leave your prayer unless you've said or thought." Well, then, this prayer has been heard by God. I know this for certain and for true. Right. And so you could put these two kind of things together. What Luther said: Don't leave your prayer until you. He says, say it out loud just to remind yourself, God has heard my prayer. And then on the other hand, I don't want you to leave your prayer until you can say, amen. This will truly and surely be 
with some level of faith. And you've gotta, you're going to wrestle with it. Um, and you know, when we say that, that word amen, it's got so much kind of wrapped in it. But one of, the, one of the other aspects of being able to say amen connects with what we've talked about talked about praying to our Father in heaven, right? When we talked about having a heavenly Father, we said that reminds us right away at the beginning of our prayer that we're praying to a God who hears us and who's what? He's willing and able to give us everything we need for life and godliness. He's not sitting back saying, I don't want to, I can give him something, but I'm not going to give him something. Um, He wants to give us what's good for us, what, what's good for life and godliness. He wants to do that, and he's able to do that. And so that strengthens us then to be able to get to the end of our prayer and say, willing to give me that, and he's heard my prayer, then it will surely and truly be. God will give me what I need for life and godliness. Uh, it kind of strengthens us to say amen. And the catechism says, right, we've, we make all of these petitions to God because as our all-powerful king, and I would say as our heavenly father, he's both willing and able to give us all that is good. Because he's a father, he hears us, and he's able to give us everything we need, and he wants to give us what we Need And so we can get to the end of our prayer and say, I know for certain that he will give me what I need. I have no question. Amen. And, you know, that comes, that kind of leads us into the passage that we looked at. It's kind of been underneath everything that I've been saying, but, but it comes to the forefront. There's this really great line in that passage where it says that all of the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ. And again, it's important just to like recognize the vastness. It's not saying most of the promises of God or, or many of the promises of God, but it says all the promises of God. Every single promise of God finds its yes in Jesus Christ. And so it's a reminder for us, we don't have to look beyond Jesus Christ to find the fulfillment of all of these promises. When God promised strength and provision, hope and peace and joy, I could go on and on and on, but all the promises of God, and we're told every single one of them finds its yes, its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And then what we're going to see in a second is that when we look to Jesus Christ with a true faith, Yes, we're forgiven. Yes, we're cleansed. Yes, we're renewed. But we're also united with Christ. We're joined with Him, the one who has all of the promises of God said yes to Him. And so through Christ, then all God's promises are yes to us. Through Christ. That's why, that's why the passage says this. It's God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed also put his seal on us, his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. God, he establishes us in Christ, unites us with him. And when he does that, he anoints us, he seals us with his Holy Spirit and gives us his Holy Spirit as a deposit, right? We, we have this, in Christ, we have this Holy Spirit in us. 
working in us to bring about what? The promises of God in our life. And so when you come to God and you say, forgive us our debts, you can pray that prayer knowing with 100% certainty that God will answer that promise in your life because you've already been given the Holy Spirit who confirms that promise. He's sealed it in you and God's promised to give it to you in Christ. So you pray, forgive us our debts, and you don't have to question at all that God will say yes to that prayer. When you pray, deliver us from evil, you can have zero question that God will say yes to that promise because he's already given you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's working in you to do what? To deliver you from evil. And so when you pray that prayer, God will say yes to that prayer. And part of doing all of this is is recognizing, I mean, the entire Lord's Prayer really is, is putting ourselves in a position of recognizing we're weak, we can't do this, only you can. That's why we're coming to you. And, and that's really a big part of just ending with, and you end your prayer and say, God, I'm going to go do it. That's not amen, because you have no confidence that you're going to actually be able to do any of the things that you, that you pray for. The, the confidence comes in when you get to the end of your prayer and you say, I can't do it. But you can. And it will surely and truly be. Amen. And when you do that, who gets the glory? God. When you end your prayer thinking, I'm going to work harder, I'm going to do this, then, then you get the glory. But, but it's not about your glory. And, you know, Calvin, John Calvin says this, it, this part wasn't, wasn't added merely for the purpose of kindling our hearts to seek the glory of God and of reminding us of what ought to be the object of our prayers. It does that. But likewise, it's there to teach us that our prayers, which are dictated to us, are founded on God alone, that we may not rely on our own merits or strength. I mean, this last part of the prayer is all there to be this reminder to us that none of our prayers are about us and our strength or or anything we do. We don't end our prayer saying, I'm going to go out and, and take care of this on my own. You also don't end a prayer by saying, well... I've done a lot of good things. I've been a pretty good person. I think I deserve this thing, God. No, you, you end your prayer by saying, um, I don't deserve anything. And I'm not strong enough to do any of this. But, but you, God, you are strong enough. And in your grace and mercy, I trust you to do what is good, what is right. And it will surely and truly be Amen. And when you do that, you bring glory to God and not yourself. And that's why our passage says, right, all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ, which is why it's through Christ we utter our amen to God for his glory, not for our glory. It's, it's all about God receiving the glory. And when we say amen, it's because we rest and trust in God and not ourselves. And that's, you know, that's why the prayer ends the way it does. For yours, yours is the power, power. Yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. And, 
And the catechism says, you know, we're ending this way because we're saying we've made all of these petitions because God's name, and not us, should receive all the praise, all the glory forever. And, and the prayer, the Lord's prayer is like bookended with this, right? What's the very first thing we're told to ask for? That God's name would be glorified. And then we end it by saying what? Yours is the glory forever and ever. And, and it's bookended here to kind of reorient us if we've gotten off track, where we get to the end and we say, oh right, it's, it's about your kingdom, not my kingdom. It's about your power, not my power. It's about your glory, not my glory. Because like, as we pray, it's really easy to get kind of lost and get kind of off track, right? We start off and we say, hallowed be your name. Lord, may, may your name be made great among the nations. May your name be made great in my life. I want your glory. I want your honor. And then you keep working through and then you get to give us today our daily bread. Like, Father, meet my needs. For whose sake? Forgive me. For whose sake? Rescue me. For whose sake? For whose kingdom? For whose glory? And, and it's easy once we get down into the ask, deliver us, to make all of those prayers about us and, and our glory. And yet we get to the end and then we're reminded, oh wait, no, it's not about my kingdom. It's not about my power. It's not about my glory. It's about yours. And sometimes, and I've found this in, in my own prayer life, where I'll get down to that part of the Lord's Prayer and I'll stop and I'll go, and say, you know, earlier, Father, I asked that you would give us today our daily bread, and I asked that you would do that for my sake. Do that. I'm still asking you to give me today my daily bread, but, but do that for your glory. Forgive me. Forgive us our sins for your power. Deliver us from evil for your not mine, because it's not about me and, and it just kind of brings us back and, and reorients us to what is true, which is God's kingdom and power and glory. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why I, I say you, you really can't pray truly and accurately. You can't pray the Lord's Prayer without a true faith. You have to have a true faith that, that no longer trusts in yourself. And no longer trusts in your power, no longer trusts in your kingdom, no longer trusts in your glory to be able to pray any part of the Lord's Prayer. Um, and it's only a true faith that gets you to that point where you say, okay, it's not about me. I'm trusting you with everything. My life now is about your kingdom, your power, and your glory. That's, that's all of it. Um, and then when you have that kind of a true faith where you're not trusting in yourself anymore, but fully trusting in God, then you can actually pray through the Lord's Prayer and say, you know what, Lord, but I want it to be done for your kingdom. And so it will truly and surely be. Amen. Let's come to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we come again into your presence thankful, thankful that you're our God. And just thankful for the way that you care for us and provide for us. And Father, we, we come into your presence 
just recognizing that we often uh, like to think that we're stronger than we truly are. We often rely on ourselves. We often work and live and serve for our kingdom and our power, for our glory. And so, Father, we ask that uh, you would forgive us for doing that. We, we ask your forgiveness for, for relying so fully on ourselves, for not having a true faith in you, for seeking our glory and not your own. And so, Father, we ask that you would forgive us, that you'd cleanse us, that you would renew us. We ask that you would, you would kind of fill us again, fill us anew with your Holy Spirit so that we would leave here this morning living for your kingdom and your power and your glory forever and ever. And Father, we pray that as your Spirit works in us and as we leave, not only you would redirect us to live, Strengthen our faith that we could say amen with increasing strength and increasing firmness um, in our prayers, also in our lives, that, that we live with that level of confident faith, knowing that 